You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 56, and today we're talking about influencer marketing and how you can use it to sell online courses, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another Monday episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast. Thanks so much for joining me here today. We have a very cool topic that we're talking about today, influencer marketing, which I'm sure we all know is definitely gaining a rise in popularity, you know, in things like fashion and travel and wellness. But today we're talking about how you can use influencer marketing for selling online courses. I thought this was so cool. And when I heard about what Susanna was doing, I reached out and asked her to come onto the show and talk about it. So Susanna works with brands and startups specializes in influencer marketing and social media marketing. She has had some really cool wins. She worked for Guess on the Color Me Inspired campaign, which went viral. Um, you can look that up online. It's very, very cool. Lots and lots and lots of other really cool testaments to her name. And she shares a lot with us today in the Business Lab. Now, she's launching an influencer marketing roadmap course pretty soon. So I've popped the link in the show notes for you because uh, I think that this is really, really valuable to tap into something that is so new and learn about how we can use it. So that influencer marketing roadmap course link is in the show notes. So if you get to the end of this episode and you want to dive in deeper, certainly go and have a look because yeah, I really, really love what Susanna's talking about. So well, without further ado, let's welcome Susanna Yee into the business lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Susanna. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited too. We're going to talk about how to create an influencer marketing strategy to sell online courses. And I think this is such an awesome topic purely because I personally didn't even think of influencer marketing to sell online courses. So I'm super excited to deep dive into this with you. Before we start, I'd love you to talk about the kinds of people that you work with uh, and, and what exactly you help them with. So uh, my company, Digital uh, Everything Consulting, actually helps brands, mostly startups, with their uh, marketing strategy, their social media marketing strategy, their digital marketing strategy, plus their influencer marketing strategy. And lately, because everybody's doing influencer marketing, I've been really concentrating on that. A lot of the brands that I work with are... A to B round startups. And a lot of them I actually end up working with two or three times because sometimes the CEO or the GM moves to another company and then they hire me again. So and I usually look at their brand in a holistic way and help them figure out um, who their target audiences are, whether or not they are reaching out to the right people, whether or not their content looks right for the right people. 
and their ads and then sort of just holistically make sure that their marketing is cohesive. That's so awesome. How did you get into this? Because influencer marketing hasn't been around for that long in the form that it is now. I mean, it has been around forever in different ways, but you know, it certainly is the flavor of the month and I don't see it going anywhere soon. I'd love you to share the transition or how you even got into this. So in 2000, I started working as business development manager at a startup and um, I always loved everything that had to do with the internet. And I had an eBay store where I sold vintage clothing, designer clothing and bags and shoes and things like that. I became a power seller and I just loved the internet. So that was just a little hobby that where I became a power seller and I was working as a development person and a startup. And then I ended up working in sales and marketing. And then I discovered that I love social media uh, because I love the internet. So then my business slowly morphed into social media marketing. And I also had a fashion blog on the side that I started in 2007, where I started getting a lot of traction because in those days, a blog, not that many people had blogs. And if you had a certain point of view, you had followers. So I started getting invited to like New York City to go with 20 other bloggers to check out the new Dior lipstick launch um, in the Condé Nast building. Or I got invited by a brand to do a photo shoot and pick my favorite fashion um, items and then shoot it and then they put me on their site and they flew me to New York for that. So I started seeing that other side of the business and I thought, wait, there's another side of this business. So I had a consulting business where I was just doing social media marketing for a lot of startup brands. And then I started offering them um, influencer marketing and telling them that I can help them with brands. And then in 2012, I actually ended up working with uh, guests. They were sort of trying to revamp their whole marketing strategy online and things like that. So they tried our company out, a small company, and we said, you know, we can help you with the new campaign that works with influencers. And it was so new back then in 2012. And they said, sure. So we did this campaign called the Color Me campaign. We Mm -hmm. picked four influencers that were sort of up and coming. And they each chose a a jean color that they liked and they wore it. And then we put them on a Pinterest board and had them pin all their favorite things in that same color family. And then they drove their followers there. We ran a giveaway and you drove people to the site, drove people to the stores and then had their followers pin the boards as well. And it actually went viral and Mashable wrote about it. And then it ended up on Yahoo. uh, And it was, it was really great. So that was that was one of those things. And then in 2011, I was written up as a um, social media pioneer. And then the story just keeps going on. I just kept getting, I kept working with startups and that's just kind of how it went. That's so awesome. I love that you've, you know, just gone out and done a whole heap of different things and just jumped right in. And I think that that is a theme that I see with successful people is they don't just dip their toe in the water and see if something works. It's like, they jump all in and completely take, it's either going to work or it's not. And I think that's definitely a theme that I see across the board. So that's so cool. Now, I believe that there's six steps that you've got in your marketing strategy. So what would be great? Actually, before we even go into that, who, who does this work for? Influencer marketing for online courses. That'd be that probably a better way place to start. Who does this work for? It works for any company that thinks that they can create an online course. So for example, if you have a company that, let me give you an example. Like say you have, even if you have a law firm, if you have a law firm that uh, teaches employment law to their clients and they have a lot of big clients, 
right? And usually a lawyer would have to like drive their car and go to Orange County, which is an hour away, and then sit in front of a conference room and talk to 20 people and teach them for the whole day for eight hours. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Literally, a lawyer can create this course and then send it to their client and charge their client whatever, X amount, like, you know, the, the, the price of the course or for each seat, however they want to do it. I've seen it where they, you can just charge for each seat and the, the lawyer doesn't have to travel anymore. The employees don't have to take up their whole day doing that. They can do other things. They can just do it when they want. And so that that's like one, you know, one profession that can do that. So any anything that it's trainable that you can create into a system. And I think that no matter what you do, there there should there are usually a system, there is usually a system for everything that people do. So yeah. you can create an online course for anything as long as you create a system out of it. Totally. And I agree with you. There's lots of people that say, oh, you know, it wouldn't, an online course wouldn't work for me. And within 30 seconds, I'm like, what about, you know, X, Y, Z or ABC? And they're like, oh, I didn't even think of that. So it really is about thinking, what is something that you say more than three times every week? That is an online course right there. Because why say totally. it three times when you can say it once and just keep rolling it out? Totally. Absolutely. So I'd love you to take us through these six steps that you have to help us figure out what this marketing strategy or influencer marketing strategy looks like and what we need to do as online course creators to be able to use this strategy. It's all the same steps for anything you do. I think when you approach influencer marketing and there is a system, number one is you should identify who your core audience is for this course. Who are you selling it to? Who is your target? And if you have two or three targets, are you, you can decide, do you want to, do you want to work with one type of influencer or do you want to work with three types of influencers? Usually what I suggest is if you can work with three types of influencers, then you have all their audience sort of pushing the message out the way you want them to. So let's say you have a course about, let me think, if you have a course about um, how to uh, start a sneaker company, yes. something arbitrary like that, right? So, Okay. So then you're thinking, okay, sneaker company, how to start a sneaker company. You can, you can literally market to an influencer who loves sneakers. You can have the influencer help you with the, so the influencer who likes sneakers, talks about sneakers all the time. You can have somebody who, ha, who, want, who writes about just starting businesses and things like that. That's one type of influencer for you. And then uh, you can have just a beginning novice who is bootstrapping, starting starting a company or something like that. That's another type of influencer. Just So those are three target types of people that you're looking at. And then once you've figured out who your target is, then you reach out to that those groups of influencers and you let them know what you're trying to do and see who's interested. So really, number one is figuring out who your target audience is because that's mm -hmm. very, very important. And then number two, finding them. Now, finding them, there was a benchmark report that just came out recently that where they gathered information from like 2016 to 2018 about influencer marketing. And one of the most, one of the most time consuming things to do is actually look and find and engage with influencers. Mm -hmm. That's very time consuming. So uh, one of the things that I really like to do, I mean, there are platforms out there, we could do searches, but um, that's a little tricky because some of the influencers that maybe are more popular or the ones you want to work with or are working constantly might not be on these platforms. So that's mm -hmm. one thing to think about when you get on these platforms. I always just search hashtags. So that's the wow. second thing to do. Search yeah. a hashtag that's popular in your uh, niche or that is for your target audience, right? So you're talking about sneakers and you're talking about business owners or starting a business. So search those types of hashtags and see what comes up. Mm -hmm. And then from there, see who's tagging those. 
and then sort of drill down and find the influencers that you want to work with and make that list. So create a list. That is really important. The third thing to do is after you've searched your hashtags, make a list and get organized and you want to rank them. Cool. So there are influencers that are more prolific or, you know, that are really take ownership of a platform. So for example, a business might use Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, let's say. And one of the influencers might be, you know, your sneaker blogger might really be owning the Instagram market. So as well as getting the three different influencers, would you, you'd need to also find the influencers across those platforms, right? Yes. And you really need to decide where you think your brand is going to resonate the most. So if you're doing a product that's really B2B, you want to make sure you're on LinkedIn and probably Facebook. I mean, no matter what, I think a brand needs to be on Facebook. There's 2.3 billion people on Facebook. So somebody's on there. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's definitely the place to go. But if you're B2B, you hit LinkedIn. If you're B2C, make sure you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook and you know, maybe Twitter. Twitter's more B2B in my opinion. So you know, you just have to decide where they are going to be and where you think your brand resonates. Mm -hmm. And then when you're choosing those influencers, find search on every platform what those hashtags are that you're looking at and see who comes up and then start ranking them, meaning um, who are their followers, how many followers they have. You can look it up in different tools, uh, you know, Alexa and SEMrush, look at their traffic, look at where their traffic's coming from, find out who uh, is actually uh, following them, find out what their comments are and what they're actually talking about and if they're actually the right fit for you and then sort of rank them on a sheet, which I've created a template for over time of some of the most important things that you should be ranking them for and then make a decision to who you're going to go out to. So that's really important. Cool. So you talk about ranking them. Uh, once we've found the, the platform, we've done the, the keyword search, we've found these influencers. Are you ranking them purely on the number of followers or is there something else that we need to take into consideration when we're ranking them? I think when you're ranking them, you really need to decide what your budget is uh, and also engagement rate. Those are two really important things. So uh, if they have a lot of followers, like I'm talking over 100,000 followers or 200,000 followers, usually they get paid for every single thing they do. Yeah. And so you need to make sure you have a budget. If you don't have a budget and you just have zero dollars, you want to give away free product, start small, start with the nano influencers and you'll get more bang for your buck. They'll want to do more for you because they're trying to establish themselves too. And they want to establish a relationship with you as well as somebody who's that passionate and they have a small following like that. Usually they have some very engaged followers. The engagement rate could be as high as like 10% on some of these people. And that is actually better than getting somebody who has 200,000 followers who has like a 2% engagement rate. And what I found is usually the engagement rate falls as the numbers get bigger because more people are just following them to follow them and they're yes. not checking in with them all the time. So there is sort of a secret, sort of a, it's, it's not exactly science, it's more art on yes. figuring out who they are, but read their posts, see if they resonate with your brand, make sure that they're actually talking about the things that you care about you know, maybe you care about another thing. Maybe your sneaker company also cares about giving back. You know, is there, is there something that this person is passionate about? You know, you, you get to learn the personality of these, these influencers by reading their posts. And maybe there's something that you really like about this person. They might have not a huge following, but they have a passionate following. Th those are all things that, that you should look at and consider. So sometimes I've seen in campaigns, uh, brands might work with a certain type, you know, like they have 
20,000, 30,000 followers and there's a certain type and then suddenly they have one that's just has very small following, but for whatever reason, they're working with this person and you can start seeing that they're very passionate and their followers are very passionate. And that actually goes a lot further. It carries the message a lot further. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just more successful for the campaign. Totally. So what I'm hearing is that you need to be really, really aware of what your values are so that you can, it's more than just the number that we're going after. It's really an alignment in values so that it's more bang for your buck in that the followers of those people will really resonate in the message rather than just, here's this thing, it won't get as much traction. I, I really believe that. And I think that that's the big change in influencer marketing right now. There's a big change because at, at first, I think people like out the gate, they said, you know, the numbers and the numbers and people are learning. Um, I did a campaign recently for a client who uh, is in the health and wellness space. And um, instead of purely going out to these fashionable or, who, or whoever's popular at the moment, you know, that's working a lot and just going out to them, I actually went into niche groups. You know, I looked at like biohackers and I looked at nutritionists and holistic nutritionists and paleo people and really passionate people and then people over 40 and then uh, pro athletes that are over 40 and retired athletes and really looking at these different groups and their followings aren't like in the men's or even in the hundred thousands, they were more than the 30, 40,000, but these people had such passionate uh, followers and they were so passionate about what they were talking about we ended up with so much earned media as a result that the ROI was much bigger than had you just gone on just what, what was popular or what, what is just pure numbers. Yeah, that's so cool. I love this, thinking out of the box. So once we've identified this target market, we've ranked our influencers, we've created that li- well, created the list, ranked the influencers. Do we reach out next? Is that what happens next? So then it's important to figure out all your ducks in a row internally, which means do you have a budget and what is that budget? What's that number? and figure it out from the beginning. And then how much do you want to pay each of these people? And then create a strategy. Is your strategy to have all micro influencers? Is your strategy to have one macro influencer and then the rest of the budget goes to micros or some of them goes to nanos? Decide how many of each you want. And then on your ranking sheet, figure out who's top on your list and go out to them first because I don't recommend going out to everyone at once because sometimes they all say yes, which is not often. It's pretty hard to get most influencers yeah. to sign on, but you know, uh, it's a, it's it's harder than you think actually. And so this this is why the time this is the time consuming part. But I would say go after your top picks first, make sure they're on board, and then uh, start working backwards. But budget and and strategy. Love it. So once we've got our budget and we understand our strategy, what do we have to do next? Then you're going to basically do the dating game uh, sort of thing. You're writing, <laughs> I love that. You're writing emails, you know, and you're trying to get them to really want to work with you. Sometimes they're so busy, they just don't have time. So it doesn't matter what you're paying them. Uh, if they're good at what they do, they probably have um, on any given day, 50 to 100 emails in their inbox. Wow. And if they get that many some of them have assistants that just sift through. So you need a, you need a really catchy title that's going to catch them. Um, and you need to make it not just about you. It has to be about them too. There has to be a reason why they want to do this campaign because after all, at the end of the day, even though they are now making this an occupation, they started this because they're passionate about something. Yes. So never forget that and don't insult them thinking that they just want to do it for the money. Because if they don't like your product or they don't think it resonates with their audience or it just doesn't work, they're not going to do it. So it's really dating. Like it really, 
uh, your emails need to, in the subject line, help them figure out what you're doing. And then in the email, you sort of have to let them know that you know what their brand is about also and how it resonates with your brand and would you like to work together. Um, I've seen emails where people are like, I'm going to pay you this and this is what we need you to do. And they're like, whoa, I don't even know you. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, yes. let's not do this yet. Like, I need to know what your brand is about. Because, like, if, if they do a little digging on you, let's just say there's some things going on with your company that they don't like, they're not going to do it anyways, you know, or, you know, there's just a lot of things. Totally. And I know this because these influencers have built their, their tribe and their followers built on trust. As an influencer marketing, as you coming in, that influencer is transferring their trust onto you. And if they don't believe that you've got what it takes or it doesn't align, that can actually hurt their brand big time. And I know that because I do a lot of collaborations and I, you know, it's taken me a long time to build the trust with the people that are in my world. I'm not about to hand that over to anyone. And it certainly is not about the money. Actually, it's never about the money. It, for me, it's about yeah. what value am I going to give to my audience when these people come to me, not I want some money from you. So I think that's definitely oh, yeah. something to pay attention to that, the, that these people have built trust and they're not about to hand it away. So yeah. yeah, woo them, date them. <laughs> it's a dating game. <laughs> yeah, totally. What else can you tell us about this? Once we've reached out, if someone says yes, what do we need to know from our side? Because you're saying our ducks need to be in a row. I mean, that totally makes sense to me. But can you deep dive a little bit more and explain what you mean about that? So like once they say they want to do this with you, make sure you have your budget in mind. You know, don't say, oh, my God, you want to do this? Okay let me go find out for my CMO how much I can pay you now. And then like leave them hanging for two weeks. They don't have time for this, right? So like, what's your number, right? Make sure you have the number and make sure you know what you want them to do. So when you're already like engaged with them and they're like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Make sure you have it all aligned. Like I want you to write a blog post. I want you to do a social media post. I want you to make a video. I want you to do, you know, whatever. Like sometimes they want everything, right? They want a lot of things, but make sure it sounds nice enough where you're saying, okay, here are the things we'd like you to do. And, you know, we're going to need you to do this with tracking codes. Then here's what we're going to ask you to do. And um, we're also going to give you an influencer brief where we're going to let you know what has to be, has to be said in a certain way because of the federal trade commission and just like upfront, just let them know what the offer is and then make sure they understand the budget. And then, um, if you know that this person might be somebody that's a reach, make sure you have a little bit more money in your pocket to, to work with them, if that's the case. And, you know, I feel like a lot of brands, they always feel like it's like a one-way street, like, well, this is what we're going to give you and that's it, right? Well, guess what? A lot of people will walk away because they don't need to do this if there's like 20 people who are going to want to do a deal. I and mean, it's very time consuming. And that's the other thing that yes. brands don't understand is how time consuming it is to create content, you know? And also it is actually really great for the brand when they get this type of content because it's cheaper for them to get it from an influencer with a tribe than for them to go hire a graphic designer and a copywriter and somebody who can do Facebook ads and Google ads to help them pump this stuff out, you know, and also after you have this piece of content, you can use it. So it's, it's really a lot of work is what I'm saying. Totally. So on the content piece, what I'd love to know is how much 
uh, as the, the online course creator, how much content are we giving that influencer to make it as easy as possible for them? Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're not just leaving it all up to them to create the no. content. How much are we providing them with? So you want to make sure you give them the content that you need them to convey to their audience, meaning if you have talking points uh, that you usually use in the media or if you have something that is, if you have like an FDA approved product or clinically proven product where you have to say things a certain way, make sure they know what that content pieces are. So for example, like if your product can help with health and wellness, but it doesn't cure cancer or if your product is great with giving you daily energy, but it's not like a caffeine pill, be very specific because if you just tell them, you know, this is what the product does, they can, they'll go on and say certain things. Like they'll say, oh, you know, I managed to like jump rope 45 minutes because you know, I've never had this much energy in my whole life. Like, you know, it's not that kind of product, you know? So, so you have to be really clear about how things are said and how they need to be said if you have that kind of product. Otherwise, if there's just some talking points like, oh, we want you to cover that this product is great for, um, for young teens and moms and it's great for self-care and we just want you to show your following how to use the product and help them understand that they need to try this new product. I mean, just kind of be specific like that. So it just depends on what your company is doing and what yeah, their goals cool. are and what their roles are. And what sort of lead-in time do we need to allow? If we know that we're going to do a launch, let's just say the 1st of June, just to make it nice and easy, how much time do we need to allow? Because there are, there's a lot of research and there's a lot of negotiation happening here. Like you've already mentioned, influencers are very busy. I'm guessing it's not going to be a 24-hour negotiation. So, you know, once we decide, well, this is when we're going to launch our product, when do we need to start looking at all of this? Three months. Three months. It's about 12 weeks from beginning to end to find an influencer, rank an influencer, internally decide on what the, the bigger the company, the longer it takes. How about that? So yeah, so I'm like to tell you that. So if you need to go talk to your CMO and the CFO and the legal department and the science department about what this campaign is about and make everybody sign on, I would suggest you do all of that before you even go out to the influencers because if you're a, um, let's just say you're an influencer that's pretty busy, right? I mean, I would say first, internally make sure in the brand that you go and speak to your CMO find out what the budget is find out you know what the strategy is or decide what the strategy is and make sure they're signed on um, figure out what all the things you want to do for this campaign whether it's hashtags or anything else and then from there go to your legal department and hash out the contract make sure that everybody's on the same page about what this SOW the statement of work is going to be and make sure that everybody is signed off on this template of a uh, legal document. And then if there are things that need to be said that are clinically proven or FDA approved or whatever, make sure that the science department has signed off on this legal brief or this influencer brief that you're handing off to these people. So CMO, sign off, CFO, budget, you know, so budget strategy, then you got a legal document and possibly some content pieces that need to be approved internally and signed off by the marketing team. And then make sure that everybody on the creative team and wherever else are on board with the type of content they're going to be creating. Meaning if you're going to have them create video or pictures or anything like that, is there a certain way that your graphic designer or your head of video wants them to hold the product or sit with the product? Do they want nothing behind them when they're shooting it? All those guidelines need to be laid out before you get this person on board. Cause if they video and there's all kinds of stuff in the background and they didn't want that um, or that, that label is blurry. I, I mean, you just wasted everybody's time. Yeah. Yeah. 
So there's a lot of ducks there to put in a row. And I think that's the biggest takeaway there. This is something that you don't take on lightly. Think that I can just pull it together in a week. Like it's not going to happen. But from the sounds of it, it's very lucrative and it's, it's very worthwhile time investment if you do pull this off, which is awesome. Now, I believe you've got a freebie for the listeners on how to know things they need to know before working with an influencer. I'd love you to tell us about that. Yes. So I have a free guide, which is five things that you should do before working with an influencer and you sign up for it and you basically get an email every single day. Uh, And it's it's a content piece that really just talks to you about what you should be doing before you get to working with an influencer, whether it is finding out information about them or figuring out what you're doing internally. So all the things we just covered that we were talking about, it's just five content pieces and uh, also addresses content in general and what the trends are. So um, worthwhile, and it goes along with my influencer marketing uh, course that I'm launching. Cool. And where can we get that? So you can, should I give you a link and then you'll add it to your- I'll be uh, adding it to the the show notes anyway. Yep. Yep. And then they can also go to uh, digitaleverything.consulting and it's on the front page. It just says, sign up for the free guide to learn more about five things you should do before hiring an influencer. Perfect. Susanna, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. It's, it's, I think this is such a super interesting topic and something, you know, like you said, that we can all be using, which I, until we spoke, it's not something that I'd even thought about for, uh, for business. But of course, it makes sense. It's how uh, Marie Folio is doing her launch. So I don't know why it hadn't even occurred to me before. So thanks so much for sharing everything with us today. And I look forward to keeping in contact and possibly having you back on the show one day. Yes, that would be great. I would love that. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.